This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, especially if you're watching for the very first time. Today we want to discuss this question, whatever happened to sin? Whatever happened to sin? I hope you'll stay tuned. Now today we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course, and we want you to have this course, and in order that you might know more about it, in order that you might know how to receive the course, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. To introduce our lesson today, I'd like to turn to a passage found in the 12th chapter of Romans, and I want to read verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, Cleave to that which is good. One translation reads, Let love be without hypocrisy, and then abhor the evil, cleave to the good. What verse in the Bible do you think best describes our day? If you were to go through all of the Bible, you were to find a verse that best describes the day in which we live, what would it be? I could only wish that Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37 described our day, where Jesus taught that the greatest commandment of all is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Or wouldn't it be great if, if Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12 described our day? where Jesus taught that whatever you would that men should do unto you, do you also unto them. Or wouldn't it be nice if 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning about verse number 4, described our day, where Paul gave this de de description of love. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, and so on. But I really don't believe that those verses describe the climate, the moral and spiritual climate of our day. Likely, Matthew, Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20 may come closer to it than any verse. Where, where the prophet said, Woe to them that put evil for good and good for evil, light for darkness and darkness for light, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. He was describing a time of mixed up, confused values. And there are confused moral and spiritual values or standards that are characteristic of our time. 
Sometimes it's a real difficult thing to determine or distinguish between what is right and wrong. I'll grant you that. But I think most of us are, are intelligent enough to know that some things are right, some things are not right. But some are not able to make that determination. In Judges chapter 21 and verse 25, the Bible says that every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Whatever happened to sin? Whatever happened to such a thing as certain things being right, certain things being wrong, and we don't do those things? Someone says, Brother Lambert, times are changing. Well, that's true, they're changing. But is the change for the better? Let, let me tell you what some other people have said. There was an article in the USA Today some time back that reported this, that there is a serious crime that is committed every two seconds. A murder in the United States every 23 minutes. A rape every six minutes. Robbery every 58 seconds. An aggravated assault every 48 seconds. A sociologist had this to say about teenagers. They grow up lacking internal controls needed to stay on course. If young people do not have a, an understanding that certain things are right, certain things are wrong, they indeed will grow up without the internal controls to stay on course in life. And they will have problems. There was a U.S. Army official that had this to say. The Army would like to see every American parent, teacher, and clergyman work to give our children a firm regard for right and an abiding distaste for wrong. So we need to give uh, uh, some thought to how do you determine what is right? How, how do you determine when certain things are wrong. Whatever happened to the line that distinguishes right from wrong? And whatever happened to sin in our world? Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that there are some things that are always right. I can't think of a time when certain things wouldn't be right. Uh, it, it, there may be some... Uh, uh, situations that might not be as a, appropriate for these things, but it's still all right to do them. I can't think of a time that it would not be right to pray. It's always right to pray. And we need to pray more, don't we? It is always right to, to read the Bible, study the Bible. And we need to study and to read the Bible more and more every day. It is always right to be honest. It is never right to, to, to fudge on the truth. It is never right to tell a lie. It is never right to be dishonest. Always right to be honest. And the fact is, if you're always honest, you don't have to worry tomorrow about what you said today because you know that you told the truth and you were honest about it. You know, the Bible says to provide things honest in the sight of all men. It is always right to love people. Yes, we're to love our neighbors ourselves. I can't think of a time that it would not be right to love people. 
It is always right to show kindness to others. Paul in Ephesians 4.32 said, Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. It's always right to do that. And it is always right to worship God. I can't think of, of, a, of a time that, that a person would say, No, you shouldn't worship God. You should not. It is always right to worship God. Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10, when he was tempted in the wilderness, said, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thy serve. So you see, some things are always right. They're always right. But then on the other hand, there are some things that are always wrong. For example, it is always wrong to take the name of God in vain. In the Ten Commandments, Moses instructed the people from the commandments given to him by the Lord, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And I can tell you, even though we don't live in that mosaic dispensation, and even though that we live in the Christian age and we live under the gospel of Christ, it is still an affront to God for men to take his name in vain. It is, it is always wrong to take his name in vain. It is always wrong to steal from other people. And yet nowadays that has such, been such a common thing that people don't think much about it like they used to. But it's always wrong to steal. In Ephesians the fourth chapter in verse 28, Paul said, Let him that stole steal no more. What do you want him to do? Working with his hands, a thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Rather than stealing, why don't you go to work? Start working for what you want and what you need. It is always wrong to be a drunkard. It is never right to be a drunkard. It's always wrong. It is always wrong to commit fornication. It is always wrong. And today, among young people, Fornication has become a way of life. But the Bible says, flee fornication. It is best for your soul. It is best for you physically, emotionally, psychologically, and eternally to flee from fornication. It's always wrong to commit fornication. It is always wrong to gossip. So some people think, you know, that's not all that bad. You just, you know, I'm just saying a few things that I've heard. But that's gossip. That's gossip. In Leviticus, the 19th chapter, and in verse 16, Moses instructed Israel like this, that thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Don't be a talebearer. Don't be a gossiper. It's always wrong to do that. Let me tell you why it's wrong. It hurts people. You destroy reputations. You break up friendships. There have been churches that have had uh, splits or divisions within because of gossip. It is always wrong to do that. And it is always wrong to murder. Again, in the Ten Commandments, Moses taught Israel, Thou shalt not kill, which literally meant thou shalt do no murder. And it is still wrong to murder. Somebody says, you know, Brother Lambert, I, I wouldn't dare do that. 
Well, what about 1 John chapter 3, about verse 15? Whoso hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. And it's just as wrong to hate somebody with such an intense passion and, and despise that individual as it is to take their life. That is in the sight of God. The consequences in this life may be different. But in the sight of God, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And murderers don't have eternal life abiding in them. It's always wrong to be that way. It's always wrong to take another's life. It is always wrong to have that hatred in your heart for somebody. So there are some things that are always right. There are some things that are always wrong. But now there are some things that are right or wrong depending on moderation. For example, I believe that, that sleep is like that. It's good to sleep. All of us need some of it every night. And I have learned that as one gets older, they don't seem to need quite as much sleep as we did in the days of our youth. I know some young people that could sleep till the middle of the day or maybe the middle of the afternoon if they were allowed to do so. But you see, that's not being moderate with it. And a failure to be moderate with your sleep can hurt you. And so we need to use moderation in it. And you can become such a, a person given to sleeping longer than is necessary to the point you become lazy. And then think about food. We all have to eat. But about what, the, what about the person that overeats and eats more than they need? Maybe a good rule is don't eat but about half of what you think you need. See, we, we ought to use it with moderation. But if I begin to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat to the point of gluttony, well, then it has become wrong. It's not anything wrong with eating food. But if you overeat, it becomes wrong. What about the clothing that you wear? Well, all of us need to have clothes on, but, but we, ought to, we ought to use some moderation in our clothing. There's something said along that line over in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 5 and uh, where, where the apostle talks about uh, the kind of clothes that women ought to wear. And he says that they ought to wear modest apparel. Modest apparel. Now somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, what does it really mean? Well, that could mean that you don't overdress. A person is not being modest if they, if they overdress to the point that, that what they have on calls attention to them and just makes them stand out like a sore thumb. I think that's being immodest. And, and on the other hand, you can all underdress and, and wear such few pieces of clothing as to cause undue attention to be brought to you. So we need to use some common sense. And we need to dress with moderation. And I think, for example, if one should, should wear such little clothing 
as to cause other people to look and to lust and to sin in the heart, that it would be wrong for you to be dressed that way. So wear the proper amount of clothing. Use common sense and use some moderation. Well, somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, what is it that really determines what's right and what is wrong? Well, well I'll tell you, it's not the media. Don't think that the media is going to determine what's right or wrong today. And it's not Hollywood. Hollywood is certainly not going to determine what's right or wrong. And it's surely not the government. The government can't legislate what's right and what's wrong, even though in some cases they may try to do so. And preachers cannot legislate what is right and what is wrong. And I'm not trying to do that. Right or wrong are determined by the Word of God. That's how we know what is right and what is wrong. I can know what is sin. The first John chapter 3 says that sin is a transgression of law. Sin is doing what God has forbidden me to do. And sin, according to James chapter 4 and verse 17, is, a, is failing to do what God has commanded me to do. To him that knows to do good, fails to do it, well, now that's a sin. But now, it is determined by God's Word. Right living, we're to live right today. And right living is determined by God's command. You know, if I were to tell you we ought to live righteous lives, that might not resonate with some of us. But if I were to tell you we ought to live a good life, you ought to live a, right, a life where you do good and not evil. That, that's, I think we understand that. And let me read a passage to you from the 119th Psalm, verse 172. All thy commandments are righteousness. God's commandments are righteousness. Guy in Woods was a great gospel preacher. He is now deceased. And he was a great Bible scholar. And I've heard him define righteousness like this. Righteousness is doing right. It's right doing. And I can't improve on that definition of it. Righteousness is doing what is right and not what is wrong. And we need to live righteous lives. Sometimes people talk about breaking the law of God or breaking this commandment or breaking this, this, this uh, particular statement of God that's found in the Bible. I, I'm not really sure that we break the law of God. Now maybe we have uh, picked up on that expression, breaking the law, uh, from Moses breaking the tablets of stone over in the Old Testament. I don't know where we came up with that expression. We don't really break the law. We may defy the law, but you don't break it. Why, well, for example, an individual may decide they're going to break, uh, they, they say, I'm going to break the law of gravity. There's a law of gravity. And, but you're not going to break it. You say, well, I'm going to jump off of the top of a building and I'm going to, to break the law of gravity. No, no, you're not going to break the law of gravity. It'll still be there when you hit the ground. You may defy the law of gravity, but you're not going to break the law of gravity. 
And God has certain laws and commands that are written down in this book. And they are for our good and our betterment and for the uplifting of civilization. We don't break His law. We may defy it. Well, someone says, how do you determine when something is right? And how is it that you determine when something is wrong? Well, let's just ask some questions. And if we'll ask these questions, and if we will be honest in trying to give an answer to these questions, I believe that it will help us to determine when a thing is right or when a thing is wrong. Question number one, when we're trying to determine if a certain thing is right or wrong, ask this question, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about it? Somebody says, well, well the Bible seems to indicate that it's, that, it's, that it's something I shouldn't do. Well, then if the Bible says it's something you shouldn't do, then why do you want to do it? You see, we ask the question, trying to determine when a thing is right or when a thing is wrong, what does the Bible say? What about this question? What do you think Jesus would do? What do you think Jesus would do? There have been situations where I'd have to deal with people who had all kinds of problems. They're not Christians. They just show up at the door here at my office and, and it makes me wonder now, now, how am I to handle this? What, what should I be doing here? But when I think about that question, what do I think Jesus would do right now? That, that puts a completely different uh, picture on what I ought to be doing. As a matter of fact, someone knocked on the door several months back. And they needed permission to pick up some pecans here on the church property. We had a few on the ground at the time. They wanted to do it to get money. And I gave them permission. I said, why don't you come to our worship service on Sunday? And they thanked me for the invitation. Sunday morning I look up. There they sit in the pew. It wasn't long until they walked down the aisle some weeks later wanting to be baptized into Christ. It wasn't long until this couple was married in our church building. And the members pitched in to help give them a wedding, a nice wedding. And now they're the proud parents of a precious little baby boy. Three days after that boy was born, I said three days, they came to worship with that little boy. And when we started singing the song of invitation at the close of my sermon, here they come down the aisle with that baby in their arms. And they didn't come down to ask for us to dedicate their child. No, no. They came down to ask that we would ask God and pray to God that they would be good, a good mother and a good daddy to bring their child up in the Lord, to bring him up right. You see, suppose when they came to the door, I had reacted like many would have, and, and that said, well, you just go your way. Those belong to the church. No, no, we need to stop and think, now what do I, would my Lord do? Here's another question to ask when you think of this thing as right or wrong. 
would I want to be doing this if I, when I meet the Lord in the judgment? Well, would I want to be doing this? Another question is, how will this affect my influence with other people? Well, will it help my influence? Or will it harm my influence? And then another question was, will this hurt me physically? Will this hurt me spiritually? And will this take too much of my time? If a thing takes too much of my time away from the Lord, I think that's something I need to stay away from. And then when trying to determine whether a thing is right or wrong, ask this question. If I were to participate in this, would it cause other people to stumble and fall? And if I'm going to cause others to stumble and fall, I need to, to stay away from it. If I cannot recommend to the weakest member of the church what I'm doing, then I need to stay away from it. You see, we need to have a love for what is right. We ought to hate sin. I hate sin, but I love the sinners. And that's the reason we're preaching to you today, because we love people and want people to do what is right. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. But let me close by saying, I know one thing that's right. And it is always right to be a Christian. It is always right to be a Christian. It is always right to be a faithful Christian, a dedicated Christian. To be a Christian, you need to believe in Jesus and repent of your sins and confess your faith in Him and to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. And there's never going to be a time that it would be wrong for you to be a Christian. And it's never wrong for you to be faithful to the Lord. When Matthew chapter 25 and giving a scene of the judgment, the end of things the Lord would say to those on the right hand, well done, good and faithful servant. It's always good to be a faithful Christian, a dedicated Christian, a Christian's on fire for the Lord. Yes, there are certain things that are right and certain things that are wrong for sure. I want to encourage you in things that are right. It's right. To serve the Lord. Now, in the closing moments, I want to give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And, and if you're not sure where the church is located, call us and we'll give you that information. And also right now, before we close, please pick up the telephone right now. Call the number on the screen and ask for the free Bible course. All we need is your name and address. We may also ask for your phone number in case the lesson comes back. We might need to call for the correct address. I want to thank you for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, 
Write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1 877 711 5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.